Welcome to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward, and this is episode number 184 with a man who, one, has been running for 30 years, and two, is insanely knowledgeable, and three, I don't know, I don't know how many numbers we're going to do right now, kind of winging it, but (laughs) three has done some of the most awesome badass races on the east coast uh his name's aaron saft i'm super psyched to talk with him uh aaron runs out of Asheville, north carolina which is one of my favorite cities on the whole entire planet uh he's the owner of foot rx running in Asheville, um and like i said he's competed and won many of the most epic races on the East Coast. And I also am going to award him this trophy that I'm making up right now because I looked at his ultra sign up. This guy has ran, hands down, has ran the most badassly named races. Is badassly a word? Probably not, but I'm making it up. Uh, he's ran the most races with really cool sounding names (laughs) so let me give you let me give you an idea here georgia death race grindstone canadian death race that's like a death race but it's like a little more polite and it likes ketchup potato chips um he's the race director of hellbender 100 in Asheville. he's also ran hellgate which is a race that starts at midnight um he's ran a whole bunch of the run bums races uh he's won quest for the crest which is kind of how we start the conversation because i've competed in that race and i probably hiked i mean upwards of like 60 to 70 percent of it because it is so insanely gnarly it is straight uphill then it's straight downhill then it's straight uphill And then it's downhill on all of these leg-breaking giant boulders as it goes straight down the hill. If you're like a West Coast person and you've never experienced mountains on the East Coast or you're like, you know, you're like probably most people in the United States. When you think of mountains, you think of the Rocky Mountains um, and you don't think of the Appalachians. And I'm saying that correctly now because I'm talking to a dude from Asheville. So Appalachians. if you don't un- like you don't understand what the east coast mountains are like until you actually go out and, and hike some of them or run some of them and to me quest for the crest is one of my absolute favorite races ever and that is going to be just a mind bender for you if you're from the west coast and you're used to you know what what we we run on out here which are these nice switchbacks and all this stuff like quest for the crest takes those switchbacks throws them over a cliff and is like no you're going straight up this hill straight up you're gonna have to grab roots you're gonna have to grab rocks but you're pulling your butt up this mountain on this like weird crazy horse trail kind of thing anyways after i ran that i was like man i would love to see the person who got first place like take this on like how 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 did they do it you know because there are some parts i'm like how could you run down this without like breaking a leg or you know dislocating your shoulder um 
And today I get to talk to a person who's won Quest for the Crest. So Aaron won that uh, back in 2018. So we get to talk about that. Um, anyways, this is way too long of an intro. Aaron Saft, awesome guy, fully engulfed in the running world. Like I said, he's been running for 30 years. He's won trail marathon championships. He's uh, been a high school All-American. He's uh, been a college, a collegiate runner. Um, he's won ultra marathons. He's taken on UTMB, Chattanooga 100, all of these amazing races. Let's get right into it. This is the Like a Bigfoot podcast number 184 with Aaron Saft. Man, I got to say, I was just telling Aaron, I went through his ultra sign up and I looked at the races he's ran and I'm just, first of all, I'm blown away because you've done incredibly well, which is awesome. But also just the races that you've taken on are definitely, some of them are in my like top 10 that I, that I want to go after. Nice. Yeah, man. I appreciate that. So welcome. Tell us a little bit about yourself before we really like dive into some of those. Sure. Yeah. Um, so obviously I'm a, I'm a runner, but, uh, I'm also uh, a father. I have a son who's uh, about to be 13 and a daughter that's nine. They both run. Uh, uh, my wife is also a runner. That's uh, how we met. We were college teammates at North Carolina state university. Um, I own a running store. I put on races and, uh, one of them being the, uh, hellbender 100 miler, uh, here in Western North Carolina. And, uh, let's see, I'm a coach, I'm a trail maintainer. Um, uh, let's see, uh, man, I, I, just, I got my hands in, in a lot of stuff, you know? Yeah, so, man. Well, I uh, feel like if there's anyone that I want to ask running questions to, it has to be you. <laughs> I hope I can answer them. <laughs> let me, let me start with this. Um, you just mentioned your kids are into running. Like when did, when did that start? Like, did you introduce it to them or was it more mm -hmm. like, Hey, we see mom and dad like go out for the runs. Like this might be something I want to do. Yeah. So, I mean, well, so I put on, um, I put on a lot of kids races as well. Um, I do a kid series twice a year for five weeks each time. And, uh, they, they kind of were like, Hey, you know, like we'd like to, to do it. And I was like, of course, yeah, that's cool. And, uh, so they, they started with that. Um, and I've also put on a, a charity 5k every month, uh, it's a $5, 5k. So, uh, you know, it goes to a local nonprofit and, uh, you know, as they got a little bit older, they're like, Hey, can we, can we do like half of it? Cause it's, it's an out and back twice. Yeah. So I was like a mile and a half. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Like let's, let's, yeah, let's try that. And so they started growing into the sport and then, uh, I think they really got hooked when I took them to the Canadian death race. Uh, it was the first time that they were actually around at an ultra and got to crew for me and got to like oh, see what so the scene awesome. was. And yeah. So, I mean, well that and being up in Canada doesn't hurt. So, um, <laughs> they were pretty stoked on the, the whole experience. And then they went to uh, Hellgate and they thought that was the coolest thing. Cause they were, you know, like that's a midnight start. So they're, they're up on the Blue Ridge Parkway at midnight and everything was frozen, crystallized and the stars were out and they were just blown away by the, you know, the majestic beauty of, of everything that was uh, surrounding them. And, you know, just the experience of like, it's 2 a.m. and we're still away. <laughs> <laughs> they keep giving so, us candy. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
so they, they thought it was pretty cool so they uh they've really you know they've been great about everything and then you know obviously we took them over to utmb um and they got to experience chamonix and then uh, cormier and and all of the different towns around that they could you know go to um champe lock in switzerland so they, they were you know that was last summer so they're they're like when are we going back <laughs> we're like well as soon as we can get our bank account back up from negative <laughs> so yeah um, you that, know so, that's yeah, awesome well so when you're doing a race that's called canadian death race and Hellgate, do you like sit them down? And you're like, okay, listen, like the names are just a little bit over dramatic. Like it'll be fun. <laughs> you know, they're, uh, they're pretty, uh, oh, I've done the, the Georgia death race as well. So they're, you know, they're pretty experienced with when it comes to these dramatically named races. Um, uh, but no, you know, like they're, they're, they know I may come in and I may look pretty haggard. I may be cramping up or, you know, some, some bad words may slip out of dad's mouth because <laughs> I, I've got some kind of cramp going on in a hamstring or something. So they've been exposed to it all. They worry, of course. Uh, my son was hysterical, uh, at UTMB cause, um, I had only, I only had about two months of training for UTMB cause I was injured prior. And, uh, you know, obviously that's not ideal to go into UTMB. Um, so, uh, I just, my legs wore out at about 65 and, you know, my son was beside himself. He's like, dad's cramping up. He's not going to finish. Uh, and uh, my wife's like, no, 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 he's not cramping up. He's, his legs are just shot. They're tired. You know, they just, they can't run. So he's hiking. It's just going to take him a little bit longer. And he's like, no, no. So he's, he was so worried. So he's so supportive and so cute. I really, you know, it's just, and, uh, I came around and, you know, he saw me smile and he's like, that's okay. And, uh, you know, I'm like, I'm fine, buddy. I just can't run. <laughs> so I'm just going to hike it in and, you know, I'm going to finish. I'll get there. It's just going to take me a lot longer than what we expected. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, it's, it's a great experience having them along. I mean, I usually, uh, pin a picture of, of them, uh, upside down on my shorts. Uh, so like, you know, I can kind of look down and kind of, remember and, and smile, you know, cause they, they always bring good thoughts to my head and keep me in a positive frame of mind. So that's awesome. man. like, yeah, you like draw some strength from that. Cause I've Absolutely. been thinking this week, uh, I've just been thinking about my why. Cause you know, I'm in the middle of February. Mm-hmm. It's super snowy. The race <laughs> that I'm training for isn't really till May. So I'm like, Oh, like, you know, yeah. you have to like figure out like, why am I out here? Why am I doing this? Yep. Oh and yeah. Absolutely. As a dad, like obviously, a lot of it comes down to my kids and, and showing them what is possible. And I don't know. I just feel like growing up, I was surrounded by people who showed me that nothing really is impossible. And I, I've realized lately, like a lot of kids don't have that same experience, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, no. And it's, I'm the same, you know, showing them what's possible, what's out there, you know, the, the, the bigger picture, you know, like there is a lot more that you can do and, and, uh, you know, you can always do more than you think you can. Um, yeah. so I totally agree with you. Yeah. So as I was looking through your races, there was one specific one, like obviously like UTMB, I want to hear a lot about, uh, Georgia death race, things like that. But ever since I, I ran the quest for the crest, I think I did it probably like, I want to say like 2016 maybe. Um, and ever since I quote unquote ran that, which is, <laughs> which you can describe in a second. But I was like, how does the winner do this? Like, do they like how much of it's runnable? Like, I would, I was just like, I would pay to see a video of how the winner handled some of these sections. Is, yeah, I think there's actually, I think Sean Blanton posted a picture because 
uh, he came down uh, Big Tom's. So if you remember Big Tom, that's the uh, dried up creek bed that's just like yeah. totally rocky that brings you up to the crest trail. So Sean comes dropping down on that trail. And I was, I was hiking up, you know, that's, that's a really, I mean, you don't even need to bother trying to run on that trail. Um, so I was hiking up and so he, he caught up and he's like, all right, dude, keep working. And he like took a video there of us going up big Tom. And then, uh, we were on the crest trail and it, there's some, you know, there's some pretty good like technical sections, even on that, there's some rope sections and stuff. And he, he starts filming again and before he starts filming, he's like, Hey dude, do you think you could, you could run a little bit faster? I mean, I was running, but he's like, <laughs> do you think you go? I was like, Oh my God, dude, I can't believe you just asked me that. Um, so uh, anyhow, no, I mean, you know, it, you have to be, you have to be smart, right? I mean, there's sections that it's, it doesn't warrant running. I mean, you, it's, you could probably hike faster than you could run and, yeah. and why expend the energy. So, um, you know, there's certain grades and certain, uh, you know, technical aspects to trail that it's, it's better just to, to kind of, you know, hike and, and be smart about it, save your legs. Um, I mean, I was, you know, I got up to Mitchell and, um, I was just worried about Caleb Denton, who was in second to me, cause he's a really good runner uh we went back and forth at grindstone and uh, every downhill he would you know catch me and pass me so i was like oh my gosh we have like a you know a 10k down to the finish um you know and it, this is his you know bread and butter so i was i was looking back but i was i was going down as hard as i could and my quads were just screaming at me but i was running scared <laughs> yeah well so if people haven't heard of this race there's like twelve thousand feet of elevation gain Right. And there's basically like three gigantic climbs and the first 5k, I'm trying to remember, I think it takes you up like yeah. 3000 feet. Yeah. It's insane. Yes. And, yep. and, uh, Sean Blanton is the race director, uh, run bum. And yep. he like literally just drops you off in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and I'm cause and go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe you would know where it's at cause you're from yes. Asheville, but yeah, yeah. I'm like, where yeah. in the world are we? And he's just like, okay, go. You guys. were in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> really? Yeah. You were in the middle of nowhere. Yes. Um, so our hellbender course shares a lot of the same trails. Uh, we don't have Woody's Ridge on there, but um, that is a that is a very steep and technical climb. Uh, you know, heck of a way to start a race. Um, and I mean, we were we were running a lot of that actually, um, kind of separating ourselves and kind of getting into a rhythm. I mean, yeah, obviously there's some super steep sections that we were hiking up, but a lot of it we were actually running pretty early. Um, and then you get up onto uh, Bolins, which is uh, pretty much the ridge line, and. Uh, we uh um we we came down and that's where you know caleb took off again because uh, it was a nice runnable but you you're descending three thousand feet now yeah but you get to the bottom and then you have to turn around and turn go around. right back up so yeah. then you just get another three thousand foot climb uh back up to the crest trail and then you drop down colbert's which and it's straight uh, is down. almost yeah, yeah that's that was almost three thousand feet of descent yeah, again that, that actually was the part in my mind where i'm like do people run this? Like, did you run that part? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like, that's part of our course for Hellbender. So I'm really familiar with okay. Colbert. Um, so, I mean, yeah, like the top, the top miles, like the worst part of it, if you remember, and then like yeah. it kind of opens up and then it's like a really nice kind of almost not quite fire road or service road, but, um, it's, it's double track at least. And it's, it's not as technical. It's a lot more maintained and it's a lot more runnable. Um, but yeah, and then, then you go up, uh, Buncombe horse and gain another 3000 feet. So it's constantly <laughs> up and down on 3000 feet. So yeah, it's, and, and then you get up to the crest trail and, um, it's, yeah, that's up by Mitchell, which obviously is our, our highest point on the East coast. 
um, which is you know pretty iconic. Uh, the year I ran it was pretty funny because um, there was a lightning strike on the entrance road to the state park, Mount Mitchell State Park. And uh, what happened was the rangers were like, you know, we, you can't come through here. We had to close the park. And Sean was like, what are you talking about? We already started the race. Like, what am I supposed to do? So um, that's why he came to see me. He was trying to tell me what I was going to do when we got up to the state park. So, he, you know, he was trying to reroute while, you know, while we were up there. Um, and so we got into the park and the ranger caught him and he came running back to me. He's like, oh, scrap what I told you. Just follow me. And he's trying to like flag and, and uh, you know, keep me on course. It was really comical. Uh, he's like, you know, I'm, you're going to head this way and go up to the summit and then come back down. And by the time you get back down and have it all remarked and you'll be good to go. <laughs> That's amazing. So, uh, uh yeah, uh, it's, I mean, I've run a lot of Sean's races and you know, there's always uh, a story to tell. Um, you know, we, we've had some, some fun adventures uh, together when, yeah, he's fantastic, man. I remember since I've started this podcast and we're like 183 episodes in, he's been on That's my awesome. like dream guest list. And I just haven't reached out because I think like. I'm, oh yeah. Cause I think I'm like, he's too cool. He's like, oh, you no, know. no, he's, a, he's, he's definitely, I mean, you know, he's, he's a great, great guy. He would, you know, he'd love to, to have a conversation. Oh, um, that'd be awesome, so, man. I just, yeah, I, me personally, I'm like the freshman in high school and he seems like the cool senior <laughs> and I'm like, Whoa, dude, he's, he's like the coolest. <laughs> he, he definitely messes with me when I do his races. So that's um, amazing. Yeah, we've, yeah, we, we've had some fun, <laughs> but yeah, man. So you won quest for the crest and you know, looking yeah, at, looking uh, at your ultra sign up, that just completely just blew my mind. <laughs> well, it was, uh, again, you know, Caleb actually made a wrong turn, um, kind of halfway through the race. He just missed a turn. Uh, there was a, a police car and he was actually parked in front of the turn. So it was really easy to miss if you didn't kind of look back after the truck. He actually, the police car was supposed to, he was supposed to be out guiding us and, and letting us know which way to go, which he was in his truck kind of sitting there, I don't know, taking a nap or something, but, um, Caleb blew past the turn. So, uh, you know, he was ahead of me. And then when I started to climb up Buncombe Horse Trail, um, there was a photographer and they're like, lead runner. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, like, where's Caleb? And they're like, you're the first person. I'm like, what? And so when Sean came down, I was like, Sean, where's Caleb? And he's like, oh, he missed a turn. He's, he's back on course. So he's behind you. I was like, should I, you know, should I wait for him? Cause I felt bad. Like, you know, I, <laughs> I don't yeah. want to win a race like that. So he's like, no, dude, just keep, you keep going. See if he catches you. I'm like, oh, I'm sure he will. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> So we, that's why I said I was running scared because, uh, you know, Caleb's a, he's a great downhiller. So, yeah. So uh, finishing that race, I guess just in in any race in general, when someone's chasing you, that's way that's a way worse feeling. Right. Rather than like I, I, I would rather be the person chasing someone else than having to be the rat. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. So um, recent story I, this past weekend, I, I ran a half marathon. Um, I've not run, and this is a road half marathon. I've not run a road half marathon in years, but I'm getting ready for, uh, the road 50 K champ. So I wanted to kind of get a tune up. So anyhow, um, I expected to see some, some competition. It was down in Savannah, Georgia. And, uh, so we, you know, we, we started and I was in the lead, like from the, you know, the get go. And I'm looking around like, where, what's going on? Like, why am I up front? <laughs> and, um, so now I'm, I'm up front and like, uh, there was a whole bunch of like out and backs. So it was a very strange course, but, um, you know, I got to see where the competition was and I was noticing that I was, I was gaining a little bit each time I saw, you know, second and third place. And I was like, Oh man. So, 
um, but it does play with you. It plays with your mind. You're constantly thinking like, you know, how we're second, are they coming up on me? Am I, you know, am I, am I losing ground or am I gaining ground? So it's like it, your, your mind's constantly going. Whereas like if you're in second or even third or, or wherever you are and you have people in front of you, it's so much, it's such a better mentality because you're, you're actually, you're focused on moving forward. Um, rather than, you know, any anxiety, it's harder to, in other words, it's harder to kind of set back and, and be settled when you're in the lead. Cause you're constantly, you know, am I, am I going too hard? Am I, you know, cause you're, you're second guessing yourself a lot more. Um, whereas like if you're chasing, you're just like, you're in that chase mode and your mind's like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to work my way up. You've got a plan and you don't have that anxiety, you know? So, yeah. but yeah, man. Yeah, for sure. Well, so tra- can you kind of like trace us back through your history a bit? Um, from what I've seen and, and read up on you, uh, you've been competing at like a very high level pretty much your whole entire life, if that's safe <laughs> to say. Uh, yes. Yeah. So uh, this is year 30 for me. Uh, 30 years of running. Yeah. That's mind blowing. Uh, <laughs> I know. I know. You should have seen the kid that <laughs> got second to me on Saturday when I told him I was 42. Um, <laughs> he, he, he was blown away. Um, so, um, yeah, so I, I started in 1990 um, and uh, I started in, in middle school. Um, I didn't even know about cross country, you know, like I didn't know it was a thing. I, I, I was, I was playing soccer. My friends all made it up to the, uh, the high school JV team. And the coach was like, Hey, listen, like, you know, like you smoked, you know, even the varsity guys in tryouts. And I ran like barefoot on the field and we did like a mile. And like, I think I lapped almost everybody. He's like, I got to keep you at the, uh, the middle school level, but you're pretty fast. You should try out for cross country. And I was like, what's that? And they're like, it's, you know, it's, it's running. I was like, uh, I don't know. All right. So I went after the team and, you know, obviously I found success in running, um, middle school, high school. Um, I grew up in, uh, Middletown, New York. That's the home of, uh, Frank Shorter. Um, he's the 1972 Olympic gold medalist. So we had a, you know, kind of a, a heritage of running. Uh, also Frank Nino, he was the former transcon, uh, the, you know, across the U S record holder, nice. um, before Kostelnik took it. Um, so I had a lot of, uh, running, you know, history just in my hometown. Um, so it was kind of a, you know, pride of our town and, uh, just, I, I really, I had good support throughout high school. I had a great cross country coach. Uh, he's actually going to crew for me, uh, at the 50 K, um, in two weeks, uh, excited to see him and, uh, just really, you know, nurtured me in, in running and, and kept me, um, motivated and excited about it. Um, and, uh, I met my, my future college, uh, uh coach when I ran, uh, indoor nationals my senior year. Um, I got all American in the two mile. I was, uh, place, uh, at nationals in the two mile. So I met, um, Raleigh Geiger, who's the NC state, still NC state cross country and track coach. Um, and then went to run for, for him. Um, we won five ACC cross country titles and we were third at NCAAs my senior year. Um, so really great team. Um, really enjoyed my time running under, uh, the Wolfpack and Raleigh Geiger. Um, and, uh, I was really close to making the Olympic trials in the steeplechase, unfortunately got hurt. Um, but, um, really, like I said, really had a great experience there. And then I just really enjoyed running. So I kept running. A lot of my teammates stopped. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of the, it's, it's weird once you, you exit college and then that, that high level of competition, you don't have people to run with, you know? uh, like a, a, a scheduled, you know, practice or anything, you kind of, I guess, lose that, um, that, that motivation to do it on the daily grind. So, but I, I just loved running. So I kept going. 
um, trained for um, the marathon, um, took took crack again at the steeplechase, trying to qualify for the trials, but didn't didn't come together. Um, and uh, and really started getting into just trail running. Uh, mountain running was kind of in its infancy in the U.S. Um, so I, I you know I, I did uh, like Mount Washington and and some of those races. A um, lot of uh, subultra distances. It wasn't until I guess 2000. Eight, I think, was like my first ultra. Um, I did the uh, New River 50K. Um, uh, as my first, uh, you know, like I said, first stab at an ultra. I ran 325 for 50K. Oh, um, my God. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, That's the one really, uh, uh, in Virginia, right? Yeah, yeah. It's on the uh, uh, the Draper. Um, That's right. The Draper. The uh, Creeper. The, uh, not, not the Creeper. Uh, it's, uh, hold on one second. Uh, New River Trail. Oh yeah, <laughs> sorry. Nice. Yeah, sorry. I had a brain fart. Uh, it's on the New River Trail, um, and it was it was really you know a great experience. And um, I kind of built up, um, started doing uh, I guess about 2000, maybe 13 or 14 is when I did my first 50 miler um, at the Cayuga, the um, up in Ithaca, New York. Um, uh, so uh, that was the U.S. champs for a few years, quite a few years, um, and did a few of those. And then in like 2016. I saw that beast trophy that, you know, Horton and, uh, Clark Zealand, they put on the, the race series, uh, in uh, Virginia there. And I was like, man, I, I really want that beast trophy. <laughs> That's a really cool bear. I was like, that looked really good on my mantle. <laughs> so, um, I, I signed up for the beast series, uh, which is, uh, three Ks in the spring. Then you have the, uh, mountain masochist 50 miler, um, the grindstone 100 miler and then hellgate 100k to finish off the year wow. october november december dude um, let's pause for a second because yeah. the holiday lake 50k starts it right yes yeah absolutely and that you just ran happened. it in yep. 2016 correct uh yeah i sure did you did. passed me during that race i bet uh, I probably did. Did you have it was out and back? <laughs> yeah, let me. Yeah, you definitely yeah. did. <laughs> um, <laughs> let me ask you this: Did you have a beard at the time? Uh, let's see. I had a goatee. I think. Okay, because um, that race, it's in February. I saw the most epic ice beards of my life. <laughs> that was in a that cold race. day. Oh my gosh! Oh, yeah, that so was a cold. cold. Day. Everybody uh, who I, passed me, because uh, you know, you like it, like you said, you go, yeah. you do like a loop clockwise or yep. something, and then you yep. do counterclockwise yeah. back. And they come back, yeah. Everybody yep. had these like incredible <laughs> frozen beards. And, oh, the, like, and that creek crossing, oh my God, that creek crossing was so cold. Oh my gosh. That it was, uh, that was, ugh, that was, that tough. was a memorable. It well, was, and it was. For me, uh, it was the only race where I just lost the ability to eat food. And I remember I was trying to keep up with this girl because she had a pretty good pace. And I was like, all right, yeah, like, I think I can do this. And I just fell behind trying to eat an Oreo. For 20 minutes, I tried to eat one Oreo and then sadly threw it away oh, in the woods. It was bad. Oh, oh that's rough. Uh, yeah, that was, a, that was a cold day. That was a rough day. So how did you do in the B-Series? Uh, I ended up winning the B series. Um, nice. I, yeah. Um, it was, uh, everything I had at Hellgate though. Um, cause like I said, um, you know, you had about maybe four or five weeks between grindstone to Hellgate. Um, and then, um, I didn't know it when I was running Hellgate at the time, but I had frostbite on six toes. Mm. Um, so when I finished, uh, my wife, she's a, a family doctor. She looked at the one toe and she's like, you might lose that one. <laughs> uh, so it was, 
it was actually pretty bad, but like, thankfully I, I didn't lose the toe. It didn't go as deep as we, we thought. Um, but yeah, it was, I mean, you know, I, I just, I was, I was whooped. That was a, that was a tough year. I did way too much that year. I, I think, uh, besides the B series, I ran, um, the, uh, let's see, I ran Cayuga 50 miler. I ran the Manitou's revenge 50 miler and, uh, the, um, Oh, the Canadian death race. That was also that year. So, um, that's an insane I mean, year, man. Yeah, it was an insane year. Uh, I was so, so exhausted in 2017. I kind of had a, I, I think my body kind of rebelled and, you know, just said, I'm giving you some injuries. So you don't do what you did last year. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> do you, do you feel like people make that mistake because running an ultra is so much fun type two fun, of course, but Absolutely. totally fun that you just want to like sign up. And then you have all of these races around you and you want to see new areas and yeah, you it's fear of missing out, out with the community. Sure. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And yep. so you just end up signing up for like way too much. Yeah, and... Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the things, you know, as a coach that, um, I talk about with my runners and, you know, when we get into a new year, we talk about races, what's, you know, what are we going to prioritize? What do we want to put on the calendar? Does it make sense? Is it too much? You know, can we add something here or there? Um, you know, so, um, it's definitely, it's worth like, even if it's a friend being like, am I being an idiot? <laughs> you know, like get a second opinion before you, you click register. Um, I know like now it's like, you, you got to do it as soon as it opens these days. Um, but you know, maybe ahead of time, just kind of write it down and, and look at it yourself and be like, does that make sense? Like, you know, am I going to be able to recover? Am I going to get hurt? You know, am I going to, am I going to burn out on, on this much? Um, but it, it's definitely worth, you know, just kind of even, you know, having somebody else look over your shoulder and be like, yeah, I wouldn't if I were you. <laughs> and if they say that, it may be worth considering, you know, uh, backing off here or there. But because um, I mean, like the reality is like we want to be in the sport long haul, you know, like yeah. uh, I know we're, we're afraid of missing it in like 2020. But listen, you know, we still got, <laughs> you know, a decades to go, we hope. So, um, you know, if, if the race isn't threatening that they're, they're not going to hold it next year that, you know, listen, there's, there is next year or the yeah. year after, you know? So, um, but yeah, yeah. It, I think a lot of times I see some, some of the, you know, the amount of like hundred milers that people done, I'm blown away. I mean, and there are people that can pull it off. I mean, obviously, um, you know, but like yeah, the reality is like if you, if you're you know, prone to injury and you keep getting injured, it's worth considering, am I doing too much? Yeah, for sure. So how many races do you prioritize a year? Or how many do you recommend uh, people? Because for me, I'm just doing like one or two prioritized races, but I am going to sign up for a couple 50Ks just to, as like training yeah. runs, you know? Absolutely. And, and uh, you know, I, I guess it depends on the person, but um, I don't think that uh, 50Ks, like you can race, I'd say like, you know, I would say upwards of four to six 50 Ks in a year. Um, whereas like I'm signed up for one, 100 miler this year. Like, okay. um, I, I mean two at most for me anyway. Um, and, and again, it depends on your goals. Um, what are the conditions, you know, how, how tough is it? Um, you know, like I, like I, I tried to do cruel jewel and UTMB last year and I got hurt in cruel jewel. Um, so I mean like stuff like that probably wasn't smart on my part. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like for instance this year, um, my build right now is, is towards the 50 K in uh, uh, in two weeks. Um, I'll take a rest. Um, and then I'm going to run uh, strolling gym 40 miler in May. 
that will be my next kind of primary focus. Uh, and then I'm doing the trail 50K champs in, I think that's August up in New Hampshire. Um, and then the fall will consist of uh, Hennepin 100 and Tunnel Hill 50. Uh, I wish they were in the other order, but <laughs> it is what it is. Um, so um, this year I, I kind of made my focus um, like faster courses um, to try to run faster times, whereas last year was like mountain races. Oh, so yeah. I try to make my year kind of coordinate with what I'm, what I'm training and how I'm training. So I'm not mixing my systems or, you know, telling my body I need both ends. I need speed and I need strength and endurance. Like, you know, I'd rather just work on one side of things and, you know, be singularly focused for at least a season, at least, yeah. um, if not the year, which this, you know, year I just chose to, to kind of stick onto like, you know, running faster times. Um, but I mean, you know, it's, it's hard when you're, um, you're, you know, uh, you're training for, uh, let's say, you know, your end of year is tunnel Hill, but you're going to have a, a buildup race of something with, you know, like hard rocket esque, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's definitely, it's a little too different. So I uh, just make your, you know, I just say, make your races make sense for what you're focused on. Oh, that makes sense. So, man. How do you decide what you're going to train for? Um, you know, like speed or mm-hmm. mountains, obviously yeah. l- last year doing UTMB, you're like, I gotta get some right. mountains in. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, well, so also it comes down to what's, what interests me? Like, what am I going to be excited about? What's, yeah. you know, what am I going to, what am I into? Like, um, you know, this year, I, like, uh, you know, running fast excited me and I was like, yeah, let's, let's, let's line it up. Cause I was going to try cruel jewel again this year. And then when I started to look at my lineup, I was like, that doesn't make sense. Um, so I, I even signed, I had signed up for cool jewel just so if I wanted to run it, you know, I could, but I, 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 know, I declined. So, um, it, you know, again, it just, it wasn't in the lineup. It didn't make any sense. Um, so, uh, but it's just what, you know, what, cause when I thought about it, I was like, am I excited about cruel jewel? Yeah. Like I'm not like, it's not what I'm into this year, you know? So, um, it's, if you're not into a race, it's really hard when we talked about earlier, what's your, why, like, I mean, it's partly, it's gotta be motivating for you to train for it day in and day out, you know, week after week. Like if that goal is not like really, really exciting to you, you probably should pick another goal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Have you ever lost your, like your passion for running? Cause it just sounds like not only have you been a runner for 30 years, but you own a running store, you're a race yeah, director, yeah. um, you're a coach. Like uh, yeah, it's just yeah, a no, lot. It's, like well, it's kind of one yeah, of those things when, I know, people, well, yeah. when you get injured, it's tough. I mean, that's really hard when you're oh, constantly yeah. surrounded <laughs> by it. You know, that's yeah, the hard thing. That would I'd say like, have I like, have I lost mojo? You know, like, yeah, it's, there's been times where it's tougher for me to like train, yeah. but like when I get into those, then it's like, all right, well, like today, uh, you know, I, I, I guess that's what I go to is like, what am I going to do today so that makes me excited to get out there? And it may be just like going somewhere to go run, you know, like chicken picking like a, a favorite place to run. I'm like, uh, you know, like I know I can go run that and that will that will be good. Like I'll be motivated to go out there and do this run because I really enjoy it. Or like, you know, I'll, I'll try to pick up with some friends and be like, hey, man, like, I'm just, I'm not feeling it today. Would you be up for going for a run just so, you know, I get out and get my mind off of it, get out of this funk. Um, so like, I try to think of things that will like, you know, motivate me to, to get out there. Um, maybe I'll, I'll put some new songs on a playlist, um, and just, you know, put my headphones on and kind of let myself go and let my brain kind of unravel a little bit. A lot of times when I find that like, I'm, I'm just not feeling it, it's, there's something else going on in my life. 
um, that's kind of causing additional stress and, and, you know, making me feel that lack of motivation in running. And if I can figure out what that is, a lot of the times that, that whole feeling goes away and I feel, you know, back to normal and, and ready to get out there uh, and run again. Yeah. Yeah, man, that totally makes sense. I mean, I guess for me, like even yesterday, I, we've been, like I said, we've been covered in snow for like the last few weeks and the up into the foothill trails, they're all like completely iced over at this point. Um, and so it's kind of been a bummer cause I haven't been able to get on my favorite trails and there's right. like two or three around my house. I've just been doing repeatedly. And I was <laughs> like, I went out yesterday and I was like kind of bummed for, for the first five minutes. I'm like, Oh, I'm like back at this place doing the same old, same old kind of thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, but I, yeah. but I, I kind of like, I don't know. I just reimagined the run. I'm like, all right, it doesn't matter like where you are, like try to understand like how you're feeling and how good it feels to move. And you know, it was, it was like a 50 degree day, even though I was on snow and I'm like, this just feels great. Like, (laughs) I don't know, just trying to like refocus, um, and like change my self talk a little bit helped. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, even trying to like do something different, like, I mean, uh, you know, like snowshoe or, you know, cross country ski, like, uh, when I was injured, like, I was just like, oh man, like, yeah, like that was hard. Cause I was like, oh crap. Like, I, how am I going to train for UTMB? Like it was my knee, you know, like, how am I going to train for UTMB? If like my knee, I can't bend my knee. It hurts, you know, just to, to move my knee. So we started finding things that I could do cross training to kind of help me, you know, not lose all my fitness. Um, and I, like, I ended up in the pool, like, uh, you know, anybody that knows me knows that like, I hurt the pool. <laughs> uh, so um, it was, uh, it, it was hard. Like at first, like, I mean, I would swim, you know, 25 meters, get to the other side and I'd like, you know, put my head up for like a half minute and <laughs> just trying to catch my breath. Like I just didn't get it. Like, you know, so it, it took my wife to be like, slow down, idiot. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to go so fast, you know? So like, it's just, I learned something new and I was just like, wow, this actually isn't so bad. Like, you know, it, it was kind of neat learning something new and, and trying to, you know, not master it, but understand it better and be better and more efficient at it so that like, you know, I could use it as a tool. Um, so over the course of like, you know, the training to UTMB, I still got in the pool and swim because it was really helping me and it wasn't putting as much stress on my knee. Um, along with like, we, uh, we got a recumbent bike for the basement and I would just get down there and ride for like two, three hours and <laughs> drive myself nuts watching, uh, episodes of green arrow on Netflix. And <laughs> um, but I mean, just finding those extra things that you can do, you know, um, in those times where like, like you said, it's, you know, you're, you're snowed in and, and you can't do something. So whether it's like going to the gym or, you know, or, or finding something outside that you can do. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, so you've mentioned Asheville a couple times and I, without like being over dramatic here, hands down, best town in the United States, hands down. <laughs> There's no other town that beats it. <laughs> it is a cool town. That's for sure. It's uh, the yes. best man. Like, okay. So you, did you move there from NC state? Like you headed down to North Carolina, you experienced mm-hmm. the North Carolina you know like <laughs> <laughs> yeah and yeah. then so, did you move to Asheville from there uh we uh my wife went to medical school uh at Virginia Tech so we were in Blacksburg oh, for, nice, for four years okay. yeah uh so um that's how I got to know like the New River Trail and all that yeah yeah um so we were in that neck of the woods um for for four years um and then um the uh, the business opportunity presented itself with my business partner 
uh, he was the local manager at the run shop in uh, Blacksburg, Virginia, where we were living. And we were really good friends. And, you know, he was like, hey, we got this opportunity. And, you know, I, that kind of had been a dream of mine. Um, so, um, we're, I, you know, I talked to my wife and she's like, yeah, there's two residency programs that I could, um, apply for. So really everything hinged on her getting into the, uh, the residency programs here. Uh, so she, she did well, obviously. And I mean, it was like, it was every major life change. My son had just been born in <laughs> April. Yeah. Uh, my wife just finished up medical school. We sold the house there, bought a house here, opened the business and she started residency all within April to June. <laughs> wow. So it was, it was pretty insane when we moved here. Um, but, uh, we are, we are very happy. We, um, I live three miles from the, uh, the national forest, um, so, um, you know, I've got hundreds of miles of, of dirt, you know, just three miles from my house. Um, it's just a, it's a really cool place to live. That's amazing, man. So how did you handle those changes? Cause I've been, I've been there. I've been through all those, mm. except for opening my own business. Uh, <laughs> everything else I've totally done. Yeah. And that's a lot, man. That's overwhelming oh, yeah. almost. Well, I was a school teacher. Um, no way, really? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In Virginia and uh, and outside of uh, Raleigh, um, after I finished college, I was I was a school school teacher for seven years. Um, so, um, at, you know, like I was uh, thirty. Yeah, I was thirty, um, and when my son was born, um, so I had been waiting for that moment. You know, like I had really been just kind of burning to to have a kid and and just really excited to have that that you know piece of my life. So. Uh, when he was born, um, you know, it just, it was, it was just a cool, cool experience, you know, like we're new parents, uh, you know, the, the house changed. It was just, um, it, you know, we felt just so much closer, uh, you know, having, having him around cause you know, we, we really had to rely on each other and we've got this new life that we got to, uh, that we got to be a part of. So, um, it was, it was really neat to, 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 um, to really come together as a family and, uh, you know, it, it made things, uh, I guess that much more special, that much more urgent to make things succeed because now, you know, we've got another member that's depending on us. Yeah. Um, so it, it really changed my life. Um, you know, it's like, um, that year was, uh, 2007. Um, and, uh, I had chosen to run the, uh, trail marathon national champs. They're actually here in DuPont state forest. Um, I was really excited about it cause uh, DuPont's just a really beautiful place with waterfalls and it's really just you know, a great place to go run. Um, and so, um, my wife knew and, you know, having a newborn, it's, it's definitely not ideal for training as you know. Um, but it's, uh, it like, trains you meant, it gives you mental toughness. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And, and my wife was wonderful. Like the week of the race, she's like, you just sleep in, you know, you, you sleep, you eat, do what you need. She, <laughs> she, she was awesome. You know, yeah, it was just, yeah. uh, so race day came and, and they came out and, oh man, it was just, it was one of those days, like you don't have them often, but it was like, you know, I could have gone as fast as I wanted for as long as I wanted. It That's just, it, it just all came together. And I ended up running two thirty for the, the, the trail marathon champs and, and won that year. So it was, it was pretty cool. Once again, um, mind is completely blown by that two <laughs> thirty. Dang man. Yeah. Well, so would you consider that like your most complete race or has there been ones? Since? Uh, you know, like, I mean, uh, I've had, I've had others like, Chattanooga 100. Um, like I, you know, I got second, but uh, at the same time, it just all came together. Like yeah. I just, I never felt like, dude, I need a walk break. Like I mean, 
it was raining the whole time, but I mean, I had, I had two great pacers, you know, at uh, 50 miles to the end and they just kept alternating and, and man, they just kept me going. My mind, you know, it was just, it was in a good place. Um, just one of those days, like, I, you know, I just, I felt really good. Um, to, just the whole time I was just positive and, um, yeah, I mean, it, obviously it wasn't the extent of, of what DuPont was, but it just, it was, um, it's, it gave me my final points to, uh, to get into UTMB. So, um, that was, uh, that was, you know, a huge relief to me. <laughs> yeah. Was that, was that part of the motivation going into that one? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, um, the, uh, uh the, um, the way UTMB works, um, obviously is you need a certain amount of points to get in, um, which, you know, there's certain races that have points, um, my friend let me know that that race had the points that I needed. Uh, and there was two spots left, so I, I signed up. And uh, my my um, International Trail Running Association ITRA points. Um, if you when I registered, when you if you had 770 points or higher for your ITRA rating, you would automatically bypass the lottery. Oh, that um, rocks. Yeah, so I didn't realize that. Um, and so when I went to put in for the lottery. I got this message that popped up and said, um, elites are afforded certain privileges and your credit card is being charged. I was like, does that mean I just got into UTMB? <laughs> Cause and then like, I, I, you know, I, I think I put a post on and, um, you know, everybody's like, you idiot. Yes, you're in. I was like, ah, <laughs> like, I called my wife. We're going to France. <laughs> so it was, it was pretty funny. <laughs> That's amazing, man. Was that, was that one of the races you, I don't know when you first heard about ultra running, like, did you make goal races or was there one that you're like, Oh, that'd be amazing someday. Or has it just kind of like come naturally? Like as yeah, you've gone into the journey. It's, yeah. It's been more organic. Um, yeah. you know, like the, the, this or UTMB funny enough, it was my son. Um, you know, he watches YouTube and watches all of the Solomon yeah. videos and everything. Yeah. He's like, dad, when are you going to run this race? And you know, I looked and it was UTMB. I was like, Oh dude, that would be awesome. Go show your mother. <laughs> <laughs> she's got to prove it. I'm on, <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, he showed her and my wife's like, Oh man, France would be great. Um, that would be really cool. So, um, you know, when I, when I called her and told her we were in, she was like a lot sooner than I expected, but okay. <laughs> so she, she's great in that regard. You know, it's, it's great having an understanding wife and, you know, just one that supports me through all this craziness. Yeah. Can you kind of describe a little bit of that race, but especially the, ending because mm. i you always see the videos of the end and it just mm -hmm. it looks like something so <laughs> outside the norm of what we're used to in ultra running yeah well so here's the here's the ironic and funny thing is that um i i finished early morning yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when nobody's awake <laughs> that's what i was wondering so, i was yeah, trying to yeah. figure out a nice way of asking that <laughs> yeah oh yeah yeah so i i finished early morning and uh basically um my my coach is patrick regan um, do you guys, uh, well, probably a lot of people know who Patrick is. Um, he was, uh, eighth at Western States. He just got sixth at Tarawera. Yeah. Um, yeah. A really good Hoka runner, but so he was at the finish line. Um, he had run the 50 K and you know, it was my wife and kids. So, um, we got into Chamonix. It's, uh, you know, like I said, early morning. So it's super quiet. There's like nobody around. And, uh, you know, we, we kind of come in and it's still kind of quiet hours. So like, we got like the golf clap, like, nice. respect, <laughs> yeah. respect. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it was, it was really funny. Um, I, you know, um, I had, uh, I had kind of hiked the last 35 miles with another North Carolinian. Uh, it was great that we found each other. 
um we just kind of hiked it in together you know he's like dude you should go i'm like no it's cool man <laughs> let's just finish it together i'm so darn tired uh it was uh but yeah, we got in, it was, it was super quiet, but then as the day, you know, as the day kind of brightens and, and, uh, you know, people are getting, are waking up that finish line is electric. I mean, yeah. the, you know, the, the golden hour, like we stayed just above, uh, the finish area, maybe, you know, maybe 400 meters from the finish. Uh, and we could hear the, you know, the, the music, the crowd. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's insane when you start going through some of the, the talents and stuff. And, you know, during normal hours, I mean, it's just, I mean, kids with cowbells and, you know, just folks just, you know, ale, ale. I mean, that's like all you hear the whole time. And it's just really amazing. Just, you know, just you just you want to just move as fast as you can because everybody's just like so encouraging. It's pretty cool. Um, I mean, you know, nothing like what we have here. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, like, I guess the closest thing you could say would be like, you know, Boston or New York, the marathons, yeah. like the majors, that would be like the closest thing. Cause it's, I mean, it's a big deal. It is, it's a huge deal over there. Um, with that many athletes running and you know, that many communities that you run through yeah. just, uh, you know, one of those experiences that, I mean, I hope everybody gets the chance to, to do and, and see. That'd be amazing. Well, so when you're up in the mountains, it does that, did it kind of like take you back? Like make, did it feel more comfortable where there's not as many people around and things like that. And then when you come into town is when it gets crazy or is it crazy throughout? No, uh, it's, there's definitely like remote spots where like, you know, there's nothing for, for miles, you know, and it's quiet and you start to hear uh, cowbells and you're like, you know, you were used to like an aid station. Right. But I mean, it's, it's, it's cows. (laughs) (laughs) it, it was kind of funny because, like, you know, you hear ding, 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 ding. You're and like, like, yes. You're like, oh, we're getting close. Thank oh, God. my God. I didn't think it was going to be this close. And then you come around the corner and there's, like, you know, uh, you know, uh, a herd of cows. You're, <laughs> like, you're like, all this aid station has is milk. This is <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> this wasn't advertised. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, so, yeah, I guess, you know, how many people end up running that race? I think there was like 2,300 starters last year. And I think I want to say 1,500 finished or something like that. Um, it has a big attrition rate. I mean, it was, you know, there's a lot of, you know, DNFs. I mean, it was, uh, it was insane. Um, yeah. Like one of, one of my favorite stories, uh, is, uh, my son was like, dad, do you know who you beat? And I was just like, I was like, no, <laughs> like, I mean, I had just walked 35 miles. Who did I beat? <laughs> You know, and he's like, you beat uh, Zach Miller and Timmy Olsen. And, and uh, I was like, no, I did not beat them. He's like, yeah, you did. Yeah, I was like, no, they didn't finish. He's like, but you did. And I was like, well, I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> that, there's a difference here, son. That's uh, awesome. it, it was yeah, it was pretty funny. But, you know, was, uh, we're, uh, we ran with um, Paul Terranova beforehand. And uh, t- uh, Tim Tolfson ran by. And, uh, you know, Paul said hi to him. And my son was just like starstruck, like, Oh my God, <laughs> it was pretty awesome. It was pretty cool. That's awesome. I kind of like how you've t- transformed your son into like an ultra running nerd. <laughs> I think, he, I think he takes credit for that. He's, uh, he, you know, he's, he's great. I mean, I, I read, you know, ultra running magazine and of course I know yeah. who all the runners are and stuff. He watches the videos, he shows me stuff and I'm like, Oh, whoa, that's cool. That's amazing. So, you know, 
Yeah, it's it is pretty cool. He, he's actually turned me on to uh, just like UTMB. He's turned me on to some races. I'm like, dude, we gotta go there. Yeah. <laughs> that looks pretty awesome. Which like so. which ones? Um, so he's he's found a few that are up in like Canada, um, yeah. and and actually some of the foreign ones that I'm like, whoa, that looks pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's. <laughs> He's, he's great. You know, my wife just rolls her eyes like, Oh great. You know? <laughs> well, that's what so. I'm wondering. Like once you travel to UTMB and do something so, you know, like just such mm. a gigantic trip, you know, yeah, um, I mean, and running in a completely different part of the world, right. is it tempting to just go that route, you know, from here oh, on out, like absolutely. every year well, sign up for a, like a yeah. race overseas? <laughs> we try or? to go international like every three years. Okay. Uh, we try to do something international. Uh, and just do something different. Um, yeah. I'd love to get them over for Tarawera. Um, you know, I think that would be really cool to go see New Zealand. That's I don't think sweet. I'll get much of a fight from my wife on doing that. So um, that might be the next one. We've been promising ourselves that we're going to go over to Ireland. Um, I did race a fell race uh, in England. Uh, and that was pretty awesome. Um, so I'd like to take them back over there so they can see like Ireland and England. Um, so, um, you know, it, it's, um, I've gotten international a few times without them and I can honestly say like, I don't want to do that again. I'd rather yeah. them come with me and, and run and see some of these places. So, yes. yeah. yeah, for sure, man. So how do you, like, I guess, do you have tips for parents out there? I mean, like, <clears throat> when do you find time to train? How do you train? How do you balance that work yeah. life balance yeah. thing? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's difficult. It's, it's, it's not right. easy. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so A, invest in a treadmill. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was, uh, and that was actually crucial for, for UTMB. I did a lot of like practice power hiking with incline and stuff um, with the treadmill. But treadmills are great because like the kids got a snow day, you know, um, I can just hop on the treadmill. Uh, if they need something, they just come down and grab me. Um, so I, I love having that. Um, I like having like something close to the house, like a route close to the house where like I can come back by the house in, you know, less than a mile. Yeah. Um, so that I'm never far. I can carry my cell phone, um, in case they need me. They're to the age now where they're okay. If I, you know, if I'm gone for like an hour, um, you know, and I'm just on the road, you know, right next to the house. Uh, so, um, you know, but, um, the other thing I guess is, is kind of scheduling. So, um, you know, Sunday I kind of sit down with my wife and I'm like, okay, what's going on this week? Like, when does Bryn have piano? When does Keegan have basketball? Um, okay. We've got track practice every day. Uh, what other do I have? I have a meeting Thursday night. Oh, you have a meeting Tuesday night. All right. I can get her to piano, but can you pick her up? So we're trying to figure out the schedule ahead of time. And and then, okay. So, um, I, I know I have to work, um, from this time to this time. So, when is the best time for me to get in my run? Like, am I going to have to get up early and get it in? Or, you know, am I going to have to stay up later? Um, how do I fit in, you know, a core workout? Like, so I guess like I'll say like with running, it's really just, um, looking at what needs to be done and when I can get it in, you know, yeah. like I, I, if I have to make time, you know, I, I've been known to get up at 3am and, and go get my run in. So, I mean, like I'm, I'm that like I'm that guy. Um, <laughs> it's it's you know I know I'm gonna get it in. It's just I don't I have to figure out what time. Yeah. Um, and then with like with strength training, um, I, like I think the biggest thing is that like we've got in our mind that strength training needs to be, um, in a, you know, uh, in one session. Like you know whether it's like 15 minutes or a half hour or 45 minutes that we've designated in the day to doing core routine. 
strength training is not like running. Strength training can be done at any point during the day. So if you've got five minutes and you can bang out some calf raises and some squats, there you go. Later in the day, if you want to do some some wall sits and some lunges, um, you got five more minutes, throw them in. It, it, it's fine. You're getting it in. It, like I said, the body doesn't know that like you've got this half hour block and that's when you're going to do it. That's not, you know, that it doesn't have to be, that's not the ideal situation. You can do it whenever you want during the day. So, um, you can be creative with your, your core training. If you got five minutes, you can do a plank routine, you know, just throw it in whenever you have that moment. You know, it's just, it's just remembering to do it. That's the big thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's awesome, man. Oh, well, I love that idea. Cause I guess my thing, I'm always just like, you got five minutes. There's no yeah. excuse not to do something that only takes five minutes or 10 minutes yeah. or 15 right. minutes. Yeah. You know? I mean, like if you like, you know, I think lunch hours, like the best time to just do a plank routine every day, you know, just, um, I always do front plank, each side back straight arm. And that's, that's five minutes of planks right there. I just go five minutes straight, one minute in each position. Uh, and it's, that's, you know, that's really all you need during your lunch hour. And then like, two or three days a week, you throw in like, um, some pushups and, and some you know, leg exercises like I was talking about. And there you go. It's, you know, it's, it's quick. It's simple. You're getting in your routine. You could just, you're just using body weight. So you don't have to worry about like gym equipment or something. It's yeah. simple as that. I mean, you obviously get as complex as you want, but, uh, that's, that's simple, easy, especially for parents, you know, we're, we're looking for those like little moments to squeeze something in. It's just keep it as simple as you can. Yeah. Are you the dad at like a soccer game who's on, like doing lunge jumps while watching their kids play soccer? <laughs> I, I'm usually stretching, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I get. I'm kind of like I just can't sit still. I'm sorry, yep, I just can't. Yeah. Like it's hard oh. for me just to sit here. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. it's well, I know it's uh, you know basketball. You're sitting on those hard bleachers, and I'm Ooh, like, I can't do this. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I'm I'm off to the side of the bleachers, you know. Like, and I'm like, come on, kick it. And I'm doing like a calf stretch, <laughs> you know. <laughs> It's, yeah, I'm. You know, I'm not. I am that guy. <laughs> he's just out there. He's like, oh my god, my dad's he's, stretching he's, again. He's used to it. Yeah, he's used <laughs> to it. He's like, it, it doesn't even bother him anymore. His his filter is totally turned off to me. Like, I I can't embarrass him. It's you know, we always uh, joke. There was like this great uh, Facebook video of this. He picks up his middle school daughter, and he's in a speedo and his swim cap and all his swim medals around his neck. He's got no shirt on. And he's going to pick her up at middle school in car rider line. He's like, come on, honey, let's go. <laughs> it was, uh, we always, and like, we joke cause they're like, I could wear like my, my shortest shorts and my medals. And he wouldn't even think it's weird. He's just like, Oh, there's dad. There's dad. He's coming <laughs> over here from the pool. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's horrible. Cause he's now he's into the short shorts, you know, it's like, he's into like, I'm like, Oh man, I can't even, I can't embarrass him. It's, it's ridiculous. I have to find like some kind of like crazy chicken costume or something. I'll how, know, figure it out. how short of the shorts, like how short is too short for running shorts? So I uh, like, I, I, you know, it's, I think it depends on, uh, on uh well i can't even say that anymore because like i see uh some of my friends that are doing ultras and they're in like the one and a half inch splits and i'm like <laughs> wow like our sport has come a long way because i remember like when i was in high school like i mean i would wear like the you know the soccer the umbro shorts you know the, the yeah. longer the better you know yeah. like i was in, i was embarrassed to wear a split short but then like i got into college and they're like you should be embarrassed to wear those. And I'm like, right. Like, I mean, I'm comfortable in there. Like you got to wear split shorts, like, you know, and I'm also like, I started wearing split shorts and, you know, then I got out of college and started running trails again. And like my shorts got long again. So 
I've kind of found like the happy medium in like the five or seven inch. I mean, you know, like I, I guess like some people kind of make fun of me because like I, I do like the longer shorts still. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like anymore, I don't think there is a you can't say like, you know, there's a there's a wrong. I mean, I've seen some 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 larger men wearing some some shorter shorts and I'm like, wow, that's brave. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't I don't know if I, if I would do that, but yeah. you know, it's, I, it, just, I just, what, if you're comfortable, man, that's, wait, that's whatever great. works for you. I yeah, remember absolutely. my first 50 K, um, I, f- I finished and you know how it is when you finish. Yep. Well, yep. I didn't run a three thirty. Let me just say that <laughs> right off the bat, but I finished the race and like everything hurts, but I feel so accomplished, so proud, you know, and yep. they're putting the guy, like the race director is like putting the metal on me and he looks <laughs> at my shorts and I'm wearing like, I don't know, like football training shorts, like they're to my knees and stuff. Yeah. And he just looked at my shorts and he's just like, did you run the whole thing in those shorts? <laughs> and I was just like all the like awesomeness I just felt like completely crashed and burned. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> That's awful, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. Uh, don't judge me. Yeah, come on, man. Um, <laughs> l- let me ask this. So we talked a little bit about like, when you when everything's come together and it's this magical moment and you totally kind of feel like in flow for the for the race then um can we talk about the other end of the spectrum like have you had a race where the wheels have fallen off the bus and just completely <laughs> stayed off that oh bus? yeah oh yeah yeah no uh yeah <laughs> gdr uh georgia death race um uh, it's that race has like it like Sean said it once it's it's been my Achilles heel um I have one finish out of oh god three or I think three three or four tries wow. um and yeah it like the the one finish it still was it was a rough day um I got to an A station um I don't usually drink much but like they're like you want a shot I was like yes <laughs> yes I do please <laughs> and I mean it was just you know like um I mean in those days though like when you're you're really you're run down and and ragged and you know you're just like why why (laughs) like why is nothing going right like i have to remember that like that that moment that day is probably 99 percent better than you know the alternative of not being out there not being in the woods not like celebrating the fact that like i have this ability to be out in the woods and you know run long distances so you know, I have to take perspective and, and, and be grateful uh, for that. You know, it's the same thing that happened at UTMB, you know, like my legs may have been trash, but I was just grateful. I was, I was at UTMB and like, I was going to finish. I, you know, I knew it was going to take me forever, but I was, you know, I was just really happy that I was there. I was, you know, I was walking through France, Italy, Switzerland. That's, that's pretty amazing. Like, yeah. So like, uh, yeah, it's, the wheels have definitely fallen off quite a few times. There's been, you know, times where I've, I've gone out too hard and kind of crashed and burned and, and just really suffered to get to the finish line. Um, I don't like dropping unless I'm hurt. Um, so it, like if I'm, you know, if I'm not gonna, uh, you know, finish, it's gotta be something that that's, you know, like, um, I have really hurt myself. So, um, but if I'm just having a bad day, like, you know, I, I have to, you know, come to the realization, yeah, it's a bad day, but Hey, you know, it's, I'm out here, you know, I, I mean, I'm having a good time no matter what, like I, I just start talking to people, you know, like they'll come by, I meet new people and I, you know, just kind of enjoy my time yeah. um, out there. Cause that's, that's what it's all about. It's just the enjoyment. And I think that's what like, keeps me in this, you know, in the sport is just, I enjoy it. Like I enjoy every aspect of it. I didn't, uh, you know, 
the half marathon that I ran, I can't say that that was like the greatest experience of my life, but it was different, you know, like, um, it's like, I, I love those different moments and, and getting to meet different people and, and experiencing different things. Like I, I want to do a, an OCR race and just check out what that's all about, you know, like, um, get to know that crowd and see what it's like. I mean, just to experience things. Yeah. It's, that's, I guess that's what really keeps me motivated is just trying new things and, and seeing, you know, what it's like. I mean, I, I haven't really you know, I can't say that I've really been the greatest hundred mile runner, but at the same time, that's what keeps me coming back is like, I want to keep trying. So I get better at it. You know, like I, I just, I don't feel that I need to master it, but I feel like I want to get a grasp of like, well, this is probably a, a better way to do it. Yeah, for sure. So when I alluded to earlier about some of the races that you've ran that I'm like, Ooh, that one's definitely on my list. It's Georgia Death Race. And okay. <laughs> cover your ears, mom, when you're listening to this. My mom my mom always listens and then she'll like email me. Like if I'm like, Hey, I'm kinda of, I was kinda of sick this week, my mom will email me and be like or text me and be like, Oh my god, have you been drinking orange juice? Have you been blah blah blah? Anyways, Georgia Death Race, like what is it about that race that's so difficult? Uh well, like uh, A it's the the start time. <laughs> um that one, like, I mean, depending on where you stay, like I stayed right at Vogel, which is where it starts. Yeah. Um, but you're still getting like, you know, you're getting up super early to start. You start in the dark. Um, the what Duncan time do you Ridge start? Trail. Uh, God, I, I want to say it was like 430 or five o'clock, somewhere around there. Um, it's, you know, it's really oh dark 30, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it's like you're getting up early so you can kind of get some food in you and get ready and stuff. Um, but like the shuttle actually leaves from the finish at like 2.30 a.m., so it's just, you know, it's kind of an awkward uh, time just to, you know, for a start. Um, but, um, like, you know, the Duncan Ridge Trail, which is kind of the the, the main portion of, uh, of of a lot of the race, um, it's just so much up and down. So it's like you're constantly up, you're constantly down. There's no rhythm. Um, you know, so it's just like – and it gets hot quick, um, you know. So um, that – my problem, too, is my allergies. Like, for, oh, for whatever man. reason, like that time of year in Georgia, there is something flowering that just kills me. Um, and that's what's kind of been really – you know, it wears on my system. Um, so it's – you know, it's just um, the heat and then just the amount of, of up and down. I think I looked at my watch around like 15 miles and I had already gained over like 5,000 feet. <laughs> um, so it, I mean, it's just, it's, you know, it's just a tough course. Um, it, and it's not necessarily the, the most scenic course. Like it's just, it's just brutal. Like, you know, just, uh, just the conditions and the, the up down of it. Uh, and then, you know, Sean pokes fun at you the whole way you're going to die and all that kind of stuff. And there's signs like on hills, like you're almost there. And then it's like half mile and you're there quarter mile and you're there. And then like, it says you're there and like the hill's still going, <laughs> you're like, dang it. <laughs> so, that's um, yeah, you know, it's, it's great. And that's the same thing. The Canadian death race does, you know, yeah. that, um, the, uh, uh, you carry that, that stupid spike too. Oh my God. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it's just, you know, there's, it's like a ton of novelty to it, but, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's all, it's all just a, a, a tough day in the woods. Um, you know, so, um, I just, I haven't put one together there where I'm like, yeah, I nailed yeah. it there. But you know, at the same time, I'm like, Oh, I don't know if how many times I can try this darn race. <laughs> <laughs> well, so along the same line and kind of like to begin wrapping up the show, um, have you ever had, so we talked about like your best and possibly your worst. Have you had like the Rocky Balboa race where you're like, 
not even putting your hands up. You're just getting punched in the face by this race, like repeatedly, right? And then right. someone's like Mickey's in the corner just yelling at you. <laughs> yeah, rub them. Yeah, and then he cuts you, and then all of a sudden you make a comeback, right? Like, have you had a comeback right. race? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, let's see. Uh, Grindstone was my first 100-miler um, in, in 2016 when I did the B-Series. Um, so, I, I – you know, I didn't know what to expect. Uh, we're in the middle of uh, Hurricane Matthew. Um, so, you know, just pouring the whole night. Um, you start at 6 p.m., so you, you got like an hour in the daylight. And I'm running through the night, and I had no idea where I was. And I got to the turnaround, and, that you know, my, my wife was there. And they're like, you're in the lead. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Why am I in the lead? But, like, I felt good. So I was like, all right, whatever. So um, I got to, like, going back over the mountain and got down to 65. And I was just like, woo. Uh, you know, maybe I, I went too hard. And so, um, I got, I got passed by, you know, a few people and I'm like, Oh, so I grabbed my friend and he paced me for, you know, like 13 miles and we kind of walked, ran and I'm like, dude, I'm feeling pretty rough. This is, this is, you know, this is rough. And, you know, we were just hiking and he's like, all right, just, just hike hard. And we're going to take this climb. And, um, I got to about 85 and I, I saw one of my friends at the aid station and he just loaded me up with food. He's like, eat all of this. And I'm like, I'm literally like my hands, if everybody could see my hands, like I'm holding them out in front of me. Like I'm, I'm holding like six bagels, you know, like chicken wings and like, you know, all just like all this food. He's like, eat all of this. You will finish. I'm like, oh my God. So like I started eating and like, I started feeling better. I'm like, oh dude, this is, this is great. And then all of a sudden, like Caleb Denton was in that race too. Um, so I, like I passed Caleb on this climb and I'm like, wow, yeah, I'm, I'm actually, I'm feeling good. Like, I, you know, I think I can get back in this. And, uh, I got to 94 and I, like, I haven't really said this piece about my wife, but my wife is like, she's super competitive. Like she, like, she knows how to like get me going. And like I got in and, um, Caleb had bombed down the hill and, and got ahead of me. And I came into the A station and Caleb went out right in front of me. And she's like, drop your water bottle and run. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, like I need gummy bears, a PB and J and some Coke. And she's like, Caleb is right ahead of you. Go. And I'm like, I'm not leaving here without PBJ, some gummy bears and some Coke. <laughs> <laughs> like I pitched a tantrum. And so it was like, they loaded me up with that stuff. And I smiled and I was like, okay, I'm good. <laughs> and then like, so I took off. And like, I felt like I, like, I felt like I just started. Like, I was like, I don't know where this is coming from, but I feel good. So I caught up with Caleb like really quickly. And, you know, the, the race is like 102 miles or so. So we're at like mile 96 and I'm like, all right, Caleb, like, let's just finish this together. We have been going back and forth, like almost the whole race. And Caleb looked at me, he's like, nah, dude, you need the time in the B series. Just go like, you know, I'm, I'm pretty pretty shot and i'm like you sure he's like yeah so i just kept going and like i you know i put myself in second there and uh and finished and i was just like man like i you know i mean i felt like i came back from the dead um it was just such a you know weird sensation because like i said i was all of a sudden dropping like 730 miles and i'm like whoa where did this come from That's like amazing. this is amazing yeah what? like my legs just like just felt fresh all of a sudden i love that the ultra running version of rocky is that like <laughs> is instead wife. of Mickey? Well, your wife yelling at you for sure. <laughs> yeah. That was more Mickey esque, but yeah. just your buddy instead of Mickey yelling at you, your buddy yeah. at an aid station just like eat all the food. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, whoa, food, right? of course. Yeah. And that's what I try to tell people: like, just eat food, dude. Have you ever yep. seen a yep. toddler freak out? It's because yeah. they're hungry. Like yesterday, yeah. my daughter yeah. built a snowman 
but it kept falling apart. And oh, then she just had this tantrum where she just like <laughs> leg dropped Hulk Hogan style onto the snowman <laughs> and destroyed it. And then we called her up upstairs and like fed her some food. And then she was completely fine after that. I'm like, oh yeah, you were just hungry. Come on. But um, That's great. Can you leave us with like one or two, just from your 30 years of running, one or two like tips, like ultra running or just running in general? Like what... What kind of tips do you have to to find success besides eat all the food, which is the number one tip? <laughs> right. Um, so um, the uh, I guess I, what I, what I see the most is that like um, you know people don't take enough recovery. Uh, I think recovery, and we're starting to hear more and more about recovery. Yeah. And what should recovery look like? Well, you know, like well, a it's it's partly your sleep. Um, you know, like make sure that you are a, if you can go in the bed and waking up at the same time each night and trying to get as much rest as you can. Um, that I think going to bed at the same time and waking up at the same time is bigger than how much sleep you actually get. That's kind of what they're showing these days. So, um, that's part of it. Um, food, like we were just talking about, not only eating a lot of it, but eating the right stuff. Uh, you know, like, um, whatever, whatever you're, you're eating, just make sure that it's good, wholesome calories. Uh, you know, the, the more whole foods you can eat, the better, um, kind of cut back on the processed foods unless it's like race day. Um, so that all adds into the recovery score. Um, you know, monitor your heart rate. I think that's another big thing. I always have my athletes tell me what their resting heart rate is. Um, if your resting heart rate is elevated for, you know, more than a week, you're not recovering. Um, so be cognizant of those things. Um, and just, you know, um, kind of record, uh, like, I mean, Strava is great. Like a lot of people use Strava and I think that's a great, um, uh, tool if you use it properly, um, in your Strava, you know, record how you're feeling. Like, you know, um, they have that little scale now, uh, the one to 10 scale, like, what are you feeling on the scale? If you're noticing that you're getting a string of days where you're just not feeling good, that's another kind of red flag. Like, Hey, like, let's pull back a little bit. Um, and then, you know, after a big race, give yourself that time to recover. Um, I love the rule of thumb that like rest a day per 10 miles raced. Um, when I looked at, um, my recovery after UTMB, it was 10 days before my heart rate recovered back to where it should be. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's a pretty accurate you know, representation that, um, a day for every 10 miles raced, you should take off. Um, and that doesn't mean that you have to not necessarily, you can go for like a short jog or a hike, um, to kind of shake out the legs or even a bike ride. Um, but nothing hard, like you don't want a hard effort. You don't want to be doing long runs and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I, I really, I think that's the biggest thing because this sport is so hard on our bodies and we don't look at, uh, our recovery, um, kind of as part of, of training. Uh, yeah. so and plus, like uh, you said, like I, w I know me personally, like I want to just keep doing this. I want to be an endurance, mm -hmm. a endurance athlete my whole entire life. And by doing that, you're, you're, you know, able to avoid injury or overtraining yep. or anything like that. Absolutely. Or um, and, yeah. Yeah. And I like, I think we, you know, we see a lot of, uh, of this literature talking about, um, burnout and, and, uh, you know, fatigue and, um, uh, uh, you know, adrenal failure and, and all these terms. But uh, the reality of it is sometimes it's just, we're just, you know, we're not sleeping enough. We're over caffeinated. <laughs> um, so just, I'm drinking you know, coffee right now. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, like again, you know, like it's uh, all of these things. They they get our body so amped up. Um, our devices. We're so used to looking at our phones so much that that all affects us. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't mean to sound like hokey, but at the same time, all of these things contribute to like our our sleep and our quality of sleep. Um, I, I love um, Whoop W H O O P. Um, it's a, um, a heart rate variability tracking um, mechanism, and it gives you recovery scores. It, it lets you know how like how your quality of sleep is. Um, it's it's a great tool. Uh, it, I mean, it's you know again, it's a subscription. It's a it's a you know additional um, expense, but at the same time, it, it's it's helped me be more cognizant of me, my recovery, yeah. my sleep. Uh, and they have a great podcast as well. The Whoop oh, really? podcast. The yeah, Whoop? It's, it, What's whoop, behind yeah. the name? Can, cause uh, let me guess. A good question. It's like the noise <laughs> us Midwesterners make when we like, <laughs> it's along with Ope. We go whoop, whoop. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what's behind the oh, name, okay. but, um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's actually a really good podcast. I'll they check have, it out. Um, yeah. Really good insight in, you know, and, uh, I've learned so much, um, through listening to that, um, that, you know, that podcast. And I guess the other tidbit that like uh, goes along with that, that I would just impart is that keep learning. Um, you know, I love ultra running magazine as I, as I talked about earlier, cause I, like I always pick up something in there. I love listening to podcasts. You know, it's, I, I got turned on to you. I just start listening to things and listening to people on them and, and hopefully picking up little, you know, information here and there. I subscribe to a lot of newsletters, um, that, you know, some of the, the coaches put out, um, so that you, they always put out, you know, really good information. I run far has some great stuff that they put out. Um, but it's just like, you know, I don't want to stop learning. Uh, I want to, you know, engage my mind in, in learning the process of how to be a better runner, how to live healthier, you know? So like you said, we can do this long haul. Yeah, for sure. Well, and so lastly, can you tell everybody about hellbender 100? Cause you're the race director for that. <laughs> just let me give you some stats really quick. 48,000 feet elevation change, which is insane. And five, let me see if I'm getting this right. Five ascents of 3000 feet or above. Correct. Yeah. So hellbender, um, you know, we did not have a hundred miler here in Western North Carolina. And obviously, you know, we have such a beautiful area. Oh, it's the most beautiful um, area. Like it's, it's so <laughs> Everywhere I visited on the East Coast, like nothing, everywhere was beautiful, by the way. I went to a lot of beautiful areas, but like nothing held a candle to Asheville. It's, it's so I felt like we needed something, you know, and I, I knew I could not do this alone. So um, I, uh, I, you know, I kind of recruited the community. We, we formed our own trail running club out of the nonprofit that I run. And, uh, through our community, we've, we've come together and, um, you know, I, I don't do this alone. I've got so much help to, to put on this, this race. Cause it's, it's, it's a huge entity with so many different permitting, um, and, you know, agencies that we have to go through, but hellbender is, uh, basically, um, our community getting behind the runners now from, you know, pretty much all over the world. Now we've got runners coming from everywhere and represented by so many States, which is so cool. Um, we're, are limited right now to 150 spots just because of, um, you know, the, the facilities that we do have along the course. Um, what we're hoping to do is open up a hundred K in 2021, Ooh. um, so that we can, uh, we can have more people, uh, with the different start time, um, uh, you know, and, and, uh, and kind of open it, you know, to, uh, to a new, 
new population that maybe aren't ready for a hundred mile, but want to experience the the mountains here in Western North Carolina. Um, but we do take everybody up, uh, Mount Mitchell, uh, you know, again, the, it's the highest point on the, uh, the East coast. Um, it's just, man, I like, I, I love the beauty of this course. Um, I love my volunteers that, you know, that kind of keep our runners moving, our goal here is not to say this is the hardest hundred miler. Our goal here is to say, we want to see every one of the participants cross that finish line and get a buckle. Um, and you know, uh, we're all here to make sure that happens. Uh, it's, it's more of a, a family atmosphere. Uh, we start in uh, camp Greer and our, our hope is next year we'll finish there as well. Um, we're, we're working on a trail, uh, out of the, out of the camp. So everybody, pretty much stays right at the start and you know uh, again next year we hope to finish there so everybody's like right there at the finish um it's it's just a really cool environment uh, we've had some some great runners carl messler won it the first year we've got uh, uh bronco billy's coming this year uh jeff browning nice. so uh yeah we're, we're excited to see him run uh, allison kirk has won three years in a row um so she's coming back this year uh excuse me two years in a row uh so she's coming back this year for year three um it's it's just been really cool to to watch this race grow and and become what it is um you know it's i i i really i i hope we don't have to ever go to a lottery and you know and turn people away that way um but um it's you know it's it it has become such a um a race in in and of its own that we're very proud of um to you know to have this as uh as our our crowning jewel of, of western north carolina that's awesome, man. Plus, you're probably the only race named after a salamander, right? <laughs> uh, you know, there's a Hellbender 10K. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, it was pretty uh, pretty comical. After year one, all of a sudden, this Hellbender 10K popped up on Ultra Sign Up, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Um, so, but yes, yeah, like a lot of people are like, what's up with the name? And I'm like, well, actually, so you it's gotta a know the rare East Coast, salamander. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, it's, you know, that's and then cool. once people see it, they're like, whoa, that's kind of a crazy. Uh, but any, yeah. anyhow, a, yeah. Tell us about your running story too, real quick. Oh, so foot or X running. Uh, yeah, we're, um, uh, we're very trail, uh, specific, <laughs> obviously with, uh, with everything I've just talked about. Uh, we probably have more trail models on our wall than, um, than most stores do. We've, we've tried to grow our trail wall to where it's going to be bigger than the road wall. Not quite there yet, but, um, you know, we're, uh, we're in South Asheville. Um, we've, uh, we've been around for, uh, since 2007. So going on 13 years here, um, really enjoy being a part of the community and, and, and serve in Western North Carolina and, and, uh, and everybody here. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, Aaron, thank you for coming on the show. Like I, Absolutely. I could, I could listen to you talk for days and days and days. <laughs> and I'm sure, you know, when people go into your store, like, you know, the, the uh, one of the reasons of going into a running store is like get advice and hear stories and yeah, share stories. Sure. And, and yeah. like, I'm sure that's a big major part of it. It's fun. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And if you ever need a filler and want me to, to talk about uh, footwear, gear, whatever. Heck yeah. I know we didn't like even that, get into that. <laughs> I saw yeah, as, as soon as I saw your ultra sign up, I was like, oh, I want to talk about this race <laughs> and this one. And all I did was write down the name of races, I feel like. So, um, yeah, man. Awesome. But yeah, man, we'll definitely have to have you back on the show. So uh, is there anywhere else people can like contact you or find you or anything like that? Um, so uh, my website is mrrunningpains.com. Um, and, uh, I'm on Facebook. Um, that's probably the easiest way to, to get awesome. to me. Uh, I'm on Strava. 
Uh, and, uh, God, I think that's probably the, you know, the two easiest ways to, to get my attention. Cool. <laughs> I'm looking at Strava or Facebook a lot of the day. So <laughs> perfect, man. Perfect. Well, yeah, man, thanks for coming on the show and good luck oh, with uh, for... that 50 K in a couple weeks. I appreciate it, Chris. And good luck on the hundred K. Yeah. Thanks. All right, guys, that'll do it for this week's episode of the Like a Bigfoot podcast. Uh, huge thanks to Aaron for coming on. I could talk to that guy for hours and hours and uh, probably will at some point in the future. I'm definitely going to reach back out because with with 30 years of running, you have just a wealth of knowledge. And I love that Aaron's the type of guy that's going out there sharing his knowledge. Like, I mean, I guarantee you every day in his store, he's talking to people and sharing ideas and bouncing ideas off of each other. And, um, and that's like just an awesome guy to have in the running community. So, uh, if you're in Asheville, check out a store. I know next time I visit, I'm headed in there for sure. Um, check out his race hellbender 100. First of all, I have to say, if you do that, you now have the coolest race name on a t-shirt probably. (laughs) Um, so yeah, that, I mean, and like I said, I kind of forged my trail running in Southern Virginia. That's where I discovered it. That's where I fell in love with it. That's where I got my ass completely kicked by it. Um, I remember the first few trail runs going out there, just going up a few, you know, it's hilly, you know, it's constant hills and some of the hills aren't very long, but I just remember being completely wiped out, destroyed by the end of those runs. And it, opened my eyes to what I was capable of and opened my eyes to just the joy of being in the woods. I mean, I went through all of college and I went on like one hike in Iowa city and that was it. And there are cool places in Iowa too. I just completely ignored them. And I was like, I played rugby and stuff. So I was definitely outside and I'd go for runs around the town and stuff. So I was like getting outside, but there's something about being in the woods and being in the wilderness and checking out state parks and exploring different areas like that is a completely different experience and that was something that was completely lacking from my life and i i remember specifically that one run or uh, one hike i did in college um you know that was in i like in my town because obviously like i would go on vacation to colorado and go on hikes there and things like that and that was enjoyable um but that one hike I did in the town, like in Iowa City, I just remember being like, why don't I do this every day? Like, this is here every single day. This park is here. This lake is here. Why am I not doing this? And I think once my wife and I moved to Virginia, it really clicked with me. I was like, man, this is so enjoyable just being out here. You get to see deer, you get to jump over snakes, you get to like hit get spider webs in your face. Like it just brings you back to reality. And that experience has completely changed my life. It completely shifted my mentality. Um, and I gotta say, like I just I I love the East Coast running so much, specifically trail running for that reason. And I crave it and I miss it and I miss running in the Appalachian mountains and there's just, you just feel like you're in this old misty, like ancient kind of environment. And it's, it's something that can't be explained unless you actually go out 
and experience it. So Hellbender 100 would be super cool. Um, all the run bum races I've ran, let me think I've ran quest for the crest. I ran the 10 K before there was a 50 K. It's like those people that are like, I knew the band before it was cool. I ran the 10 K before there was a 58. And then the next year I ran a 50 K, um, <laughs> for quest for the crest. Uh, I did Grayson highlands and I think that's it that I've taken on, but all of, all of those races look absolutely gorgeous. And I think he specifically designs them. So you get to experience this, what I'm trying to describe here, which is the mountains and the scenery uh, in the Southeast, which is unlike anywhere else I've ever been. So uh, yeah, check those out for sure. I'm someday I'll be headed, headed back that way. Um, you know, taking a, my brief foray into Iowa this year, <laughs> which I'm starting to ramp up training, which is great. Um, we're now in February, so I have March and April really to, to build up and then hopefully may kind of pull it back and, and recover and, and heal a little, a little bit before, before that hundred K. So anyways, I hope you guys, I sincerely hope you guys are out there training for your own thing getting ready. I mean, now's the time to put the work in. February sucks. February is like the worst month in the world, except for my two kids' birthdays. That's great. But besides that, February is hard, man. And it's been snowing nonstop here and the trails are gross and muddy and snow covered and you're super slow and and it's freezing cold when you wake up, but you got to put that work in. You got to put that time in right now um, in order to find success in the future. And that's what I'm trying to tell myself every morning when the alarm goes off at four, it's like, Hey man, put the work in now so you can find that success in May. Uh, and you know, for the rest of the summer, but now's the time to really build up and build that base. So getting out there consistency, that means more than anything else in the whole entire world. All right, guys, that was a long episode. Awesome. We'll get back at you next week. Thanks again to Aaron. And uh, yeah, we'll get back at you.